Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Hi, this is Christy Walsh, and welcome to this episode on Inflow Radio. We're excited to be here with you all today, and we are surfing the astrology waves today, and we're looking at other types of calendars that you can uh, take a look at to kind of look at different Earth energies. And my special guest star surfer today, Elizabeth Pendleton. She's been on the show before. Uh, she website in a blog called Elizabeth's Oracle. And she's a light worker, astrologer, and a musician. And she's been giving readings for over 20 years for around the globe. Her musical credentials include uh, many different connections with Berkeley Online. And she presently is studying music production. And she has a background in the Celtic harp, which is going to come into play today. You can find out more about Elizabeth at Elizabeth's Oracle Doe. And speaking of Celtic, uh, we're going to talk about all sorts of other calendars out there. And welcome, Elizabeth. Well, hello. Happy May Day, everyone. And happy Beltane for the celebrating. And uh, happy, you know, happy spring, you know, here in the northern hemisphere. And, you know, we're settling into the autumn one in the southern. I know you have listeners all over the place here tuning into Inflow Radio. So, Hello to the audience, and thank you to everybody behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so we have talked, uh, you and I, about uh, different calendar events that maybe have maybe a Celtic background or a pagan sort of calendar type of uh, background. And yesterday, um, uh, it, it kind of sneaks up on me every year, and I would say for the last five years, it's really been in my space. So what? happens with pain and what, what kind of holiday is it okay so to put that in context we um really just have to look at the year and for people playing along at home just think of a clock and um i always find that a, a nice easy metaphor so you look at the winter solstice at 12 o'clock summer solstice at six o'clock and then at 3 o'clock would be our spring equinox, and 9 o'clock would be our autumn equinox. And um, I, I'm going to circle back to the Celtic calendar in particular, but just to put it in context, it's not just the Celts. If we look, yeah. there have been monuments made all over the globe, from the Incas to the Mayas. I'm sure we have listeners who've been to Machu Picchu and uh, people who've gone to Egypt. You know, that this, this um, making astronomical monuments is a global phenomenon, and uh, many of them mark the solstice point. And then the equinoxes. So, you know, if you're thinking of that clock, everything is a right angle. And um, in in the, you know, what we call the Celtic lands or British Isles, um, that would include Stonehenge in England, um, Avebury Circle for those who've been there. Um, and in Ireland, Newgrange um, on winter solstice, 
there that's the, that's up there you go in, into that I've actually been there as well and um, you go down a little passageway and on winter solstice light fills this inner room um, that's just how it's set up um, and you know we find this phenomenon all over the world whether we're at the pyramids if you stand at the sinks on summer solstice you see exactly the sunsets right in between two of the pyramids if you um, go to uh, Stonehenge the sunsets uh, yeah. between particular rocks rises, excuse me. Um, and on Newgrange, there are two similar passageways that are set out where the equinox light comes in at each equinox. So, you know, we have this um, deep connection to, to marking the points of the wheel, we'll call it, or points in time, and I just call it, you know, being in touch with our cosmic rhythm. You know, the days have a rhythm from sunrise to sunset, that kind of thing. And so when the sun's at its northernmost point for us here in the northern hemisphere, that's our summer solstice. And, you know, the further south, that's the, um, that is the winter. And where we are now, we are halfway in between that spring equinox at 3 o'clock <laughs> and that summer solstice at 6 o'clock, so we'd be about 4.30 on our little imaginary clock. <laughs> Thank you guys <laughs> who are playing yeah. along. Now, that kind of sets up, um, you know, technically when these things are, and in the Celtic calendar, um, they not only mark, you know, the, the solstices and equinox, but they had four what they call cross-border holidays. Beltane is one of them, the one in between spring equinox and summer solstice. Now, between summer solstice and autumn equinox is Lunasa, or Lamas. It's a fire festival in early August, uh, a lot of times associated with the Irish god Lu, or light. Um, and then, of course, we all know Sawam, or Halloween, <laughs> which is the, the next quarter yeah. uh, cross-quarter holiday. That's um, the halfway point. A lot of people know this, but it, sometimes they'll go, oh, my God, I never recognize that. That's the halfway point between that autumn equinox and winter solstice. And um, the final one is uh, what we call Imbolc or Candlemas in early February. Um, and that marks, of course, between winter solstice and spring equinox. And that one, to lead us up to Beltane, I really did. There was a message in my madness, Chrissy. <laughs> Um, the, the literature that I've read on it is that the fire festivals began, and as you can imagine, our ancestors, the Keltoi from Greek who made their way through Europe and eventually became known as the Celts, you know, uh, to, in Western Europe, uh, this was an agrarian people who depended on the land for sustenance. Um, and so being in touch with this calendar and, and making offerings was, was very important. And you mentioned a very important word, which is pagan, which has all kinds of connotations now, but that's actually a derivative of Pagani, an Italian or Roman word meaning country folk. So we have this, it was part of our critical survival to be in touch with the land and the time of year. So in bulk, our Candlemas was the first fire festival, bringing the light back in, the first bit, you know, uh, would come back to life. And so the farmers, the way of praying for a good harvest, 
and that would start at in bulk, continue on the spring equinox, and then build. This was the big one, Beltane, the big fire festival, and is associated with a lot of fertility. Not all, like so, the metaphor is for the land, but I think a lot of my um, friends who went to Catholic school would remember dancing around the maypole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and if you think about a maypole, you know it has its, its phallic connotation. So there was a, there was a, you know, without being overly personal, it's 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 really about fertility, fertilizing the land. Um, but again, it would be also when humans, you know, um, needed to repopulate. So um, that's kind of what leads us to the origins of Beltane. And interestingly enough, um, I was doing some work in Ireland. Gosh, now I can't believe it's like 20 you know, years ago. But when I looked at a local paper up in Northern Ireland, and that's still there's a lot of rural land there. There are even still priests to this day at the regular Catholic church, but they light the Beltane fires, which I was, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, they've really integrated those two yeah. sometimes seemingly opposing schools of thought because there's some debate between, oh, the pagans versus, you know, St. Patrick and, and, and that kind of thing. But the, so those fires or rituals to bring forth a good harvest or blessings are, are part of this. Um, and this is kind of the zenith. Got it. He just woke up today and went, oh, my God. Gosh, it's maybe oh yeah, maybe there's something about Beltane that happened yesterday. Um, what would be something we could to sort of uh, embrace that sort of Beltane utility and 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 sort of creating something new this calendar year? Well, there there's a couple of things that I would say. I mean, and I think a lot of it's already in the ethers thanks to Easter, you know what I mean? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, Easter is named after Astara, you know, the another fertility goddess and, and it used to confuse me profusely as a child to go, What does Jesus on the cross have to do with the bunny? Like I'm you know, as a kid, I could never figure that out. And then once I realized eggs, fertility, bunnies, fertility, um, you know, so it's already kind of in our collective conscious or, yeah. you know, psyche that we're we're planting things. And I would say for people who feel like, oh, I missed out, I forgot about the volcano or whatever, Saturday, May 4th, for those of you who are hearing the show before then, um, is the new Taurus moon, and Taurus is our fixed Earth energy. So that's a great time for prosperity work, abundance work. Taurus is also Venus-ruled. So we're talking about the things in life that give us pleasure uh, and the the five senses uh, and the Mm -hmm. physical aspect, you know, um, so if people are having health ailments, it's a good time for prayers as well. You know, we can kind of extend some of these these definitions. But yeah, it's, it's really, you know, like a, a time of abundance and increase and, um, you know, it's Taurus stuff. So it's, it's wealth creation, real estate, uh, resources, all those, those Taurian things. Got it. So yeah, so with all these other uh, sort of festivals and stuff, they are um, tracing back to the astrology or the astronomy going on, too. Yeah, both. And, and where you have an overlay between all the dates that yeah. I just mentioned, 
the correspondence with astrology is if you think about the solstices and the equinox, those are all cardinal signs in our astrology. In astrology, we have cardinal fixed and mutable signs because each season has three months. Um, and so our cardinals come in and get things started, and our fixed things hold the energy, and then our mutable signs kind of you know, sweep things out and then prepare yeah. us for the new. And so on, you know, winter solstice starting at 12 o'clock again, <laughs> that is um, Capricorn or the start of winter. Um, and that's our cardinal earth sign. It's spring. It's Aries, as you guys know. That's our cardinal fire. Summer solstice is uh, June 21st-ish, usually, or 20th. And that the Cancer, our, our cardinal water sign, and then finally, um, we get to Libra in the autumn equinox, uh, our cardinal air sign. So we have all four of the elements, and that's just each of their cardinal marking points. So there is a, a correspondence in the astrology with the astronomy. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all these overlapping ideas, even, you know, just maybe from the spiritual aspects to the astrology. Astronomy, astrology, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and I, I was thinking fertility-wise... Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking fertility-wise, uh, I was doing a little research on this before the show today, and, um, yeah, even going back to the Egyptians, now actually the Celtic, or what we call British Isles, um, Newgrange and Stonehenge, were actually about 700 years ahead of the pyramids, um, but it's, it's all good. Um but the pyramids, um, their ceremonies were, of course, for, for the same fertility, um, you know, abundance of the crops, you know, that's situated mm-hmm. near the Nile. And so that was, that was part of the ritual as well. So there's, you know, just this uh, collective experience of praying. Um, and it would just make sense, you know, uh, for an abundant crop, you know, because that's how we sustained ourselves. So, yeah, it goes, goes back all, all over the world and, you know, um, at, you know, at least 5,000, about 5,000 years, a little over. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely in, in, in our collective experience. Uh, I was in uh, a couple of couple years ago, two years ago now, and I was just blown away. Just, just the idea that somebody arranged this sort of configuration of, of stones, and not only did they stay in place for so many you know, years, but that uh, it's still holding its sacred space. So, what I've been noticing about when we talk in Balk or, or Beltane or uh, even Halloween, it's like it's still. Us are going back to generation after generation. It's like we, you know, it is tied to the earth in some way, shape, or form because of it, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's kind of, it helps put things in perspective because I know we can get um, very. I don't know, like myopic in our, our world, and oh my God, this needs a touch of a button, you know, mentality. Sometimes everything we think needs to be so instantaneous. And when we look at it from such a big, long perspective, we can certainly put things in context. And 
I, I think it helps us feel really more grounded. That's like after 5,000 years, you know, the sun's still, you know, we, you know, our planet, even though it's spinning through space, but I forget, I forget how many hundreds of thousands of miles an hour. <laughs> Sometimes it freaks me. I'm like, oh, my God, we're on this little rock <laughs> speedballing through the cosmos. Hope it's all good. Um, you know, uh, but it's, even after all these, all these, you know, all these millennia, we're, um, we, we still have these points, you know, where the same things kind of align in our solar system. And, um, yeah, it's kind of comforting, I guess is what I was trying to say. It's like grounding. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And speaking of grounding, so uh, today we have, I think, moon and Aries. We have a lot of Aries energy going on. We have yeah, Aries. we do. Venus, yeah. I mean, do we have? Does anybody else feel like they have ants in their pants today? <laughs> I do. I literally do have ants in my pants today. Um, really, no reason. <laughs> I know. I woke up. Other than I'm like, did, yeah, uh, get a little get a little Aries moon being, um, you know, encouraged by yeah Mercury, our thinking, and Venus, what we enjoy and. Yeah, it can get um, it can it can feel a little antsy. Um, now, of course, the moon only stays in a sign for a couple of days, so enjoy it, use it wisely, carefully. And of course, that caveat about um, a Mercury in Aries is you know <laughs> think before you blurt things out, or especially if it's a situation where there may be some tension or difficulty, you really want to do do that very carefully because. Um, you know, out it can come, as it were. Uh, so we want to handle things a little, little more thoughtfully. Um, but we do have, you know, in the long run. I was looking at the charts this morning, and um, good old Neptune's hanging back in Pisces, and will always be there as like our retreat. You can think of that as the cosmic spa. You know, <laughs> when you've stepped off yeah. a busy street with people honking and scooters and everything else whizzing by you. Um, that's kind of like the Aries energy right now. Um, and uh, if you jump behind a door into a nice, well-soundproof spa, you just go, ah, you know. And with everything heading into Taurus, we have the sun and Uranus there now. Um, and on the 15th, Venus goes there. And I believe the 6th, just, yeah, just a few days, we have Mercury heading in there um, right after that new Taurus moon. So, I think by the fourth, we'll uh, third, fourth, we'll start start to feel more calm with the moon going into Taurus and then Mercury going there. So that's when we can stop and start to get grounded. And also because of they're all connected now with this long seven-year Uranus transit of Taurus, we can really be thinking about not only what do I want or what's the plan for the next month or the next year or whatever it is, we can really be thinking seven-year, you know, what's my seven-year plan, (laughs) five- to seven-year plan. Exactly. I guess this is kind of how I started with this idea of calling with or be more aware of. Um, Because if I am like this Uranus and Taurus energy, it seems, I guess on an energetic level, it seems... Like, you can relax into a little bit of routine, but you can maybe plant some things, some ideas that are going to grow over the next seven years. And then, you know, Uranus to me and um, 
expressions, artistic expression even, um, and uh, it can be, you know, technological uh, advancement also. And so that seems like be solving some problems in our world over the next seven years. And like, what would that be? Like, what would I do? What would I pick? What would I want to work on? So it just kind of um, got me thinking that if I could uh, look at other points, like seven years is a little too much to think about all at once. But if I break it down into like, oh, a Beltane, oh, an Embok, oh, yeah, yeah Halloween, something for that, um, it, it seems to kind of break it up a little bit. Like I'll get these times during the year where I can say hello to that energy again. Um, you know, kind of a, uh, not a goal setting exercise, but something to check in with, like, how am I doing with the seven year plan? Yeah, that's a that's great, okay. that's a great way to look at it. I mean, it really is, you know, um, and to have, um, you know, some, some senior priorities as some of the folks call them, you know, where you're just like, okay, um, and and setting out that time to to check in with them and going, you know, where am I on that, you know, that path or intention, yeah, and am I aligning with it? Yeah. You know, and I also I still recommend reminding yourself in some way daily, whether it's a screensaver that has an image or a symbol of what it is you're striving for, because let's face it, in these days of endless distraction. And um, multitasking, um, it's so easy to get off track. I mean, you know, you walk into a room and you've already forgotten what you went in there for. So, or you're like, I'm doing that. Oh, and let me, wait, I just got to, you know, go, you know, get that other thing done. And and we don't even finish the one thing we're doing. So I think that that Taurus energy is so good for grounding or Staying focused and, um, you know, what the spiritual teachers might call being here now and being present, you know, whether it's cooking a meal um, and instead of the mind going to it after this and I'm thinking about that and all these other things, just really focus on I'm boiling the water right now, I'm adding butter, you know, and just breathing through that instead of and noticing where your mind's going all over the place. <laughs> because one of the, the words for Taurus is simplicity. And that to me can be just such a beautiful thing and so good for your your biology. You know what I mean? Because the nervous yeah. system just gets way overwhelmed. Um, you know, we've got all these all this, you know, electromagnetic stuff coming at us and all these devices around us and so clearing, grounding, and just staying present to each thing. And maybe you jot a note, okay, remember to put this on the grocery list or whatever. Um, But I think part of this is disrupting that or interrupting that all over the place pattern, you know, patterning that we we can fall into, you know, especially like on social media and that people log in to do one thing and all of a sudden it's three hours later. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of push and pull into other directions that you kind of weren't thinking about is is kind of an interesting phenomenon. Um, I can't imagine, you know, a pioneer in the U.S. making their trek across the country had this issue in 18, I don't know, 60? Like, yeah, it, it's, it's just kind of amazing um, how much more mindful 
well, you just sort of had to be in, in other time periods because either you were thinking about the simple things of, do I have a roof over my head? <laughs> am I fed today? Where am I going to get my dinner or that kind of thing? And then in today's society, instant and available, and uh, there's a lot of resources available. And throw away. And disposable. So um, we don't think about, you know, what am I going to keep in my house seven years from now? Well, it all Yes, I mean, it's really... yeah, that, that, I mean, when you read just, the, I, of course, I've got a lot of planets in Virgo, so like when I'm watching a documentary on like Lewis and Clark, I'm fascinated by the, the, the provision sheet alone. I get go like, wow, somebody really had to think ahead. <laughs> you know? but, but Taurus has that kind of, um, I call it, you know, Taurus and Virgo especially have that, let's go through the pantry before we go to the grocery store energy. You know, because yeah. uh, Taurus is Venus ruled, so it cares about its money. So it's going to get really mad if it gets home with three more boxes of pasta and there were six in the pantry already. You know, it's like you know, that, that thing of stopping, again, focusing and going, wait, I need to go to the grocery store, but what do I already have so that I just need one or two more things to create a fresh meal? You know what I mean? Just things like that. Or like you're saying, if somebody's looking at their life and they know they have some moves coming up or they're just going to be in or, you know, living somewhere else for a little while, you know, that should or could be very helpful to, to factor in when deciding to buy a piece of furniture or pay for a move. You know, yeah, do I really want to haul this thing, you know, or is there a, an IKEA, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, thing that would make more sense? Yeah. So, but, yeah. so tourists can help ground us, Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think we just have a lot of choices all the time that are available to us. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to that um, more of that Taurus energy. I think we do need to find that like Neptune and Pisces and relax a little bit. <laughs> so oh, we're going to take yeah. a little break. Any, yeah. uh, speaking of relax, we're going to take a break. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back. We have a lot more to this uh we have to talk about saturn and pluto maybe jupiter there's some stuff going on there all right stay tuned hi this is christy walsh we hope you're enjoying the surf today Come find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing, on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves, and check out the archives on inflowradio.com. Hey, I would love to hear what waves are surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call, 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. Hi, this is Christy Walsh with Surfing the Psychic Waves. We're back on Inflow Radio. We are talking to Elizabeth Daco. Elizabeth Pendleton is our astrologer that we talk to all the time. She's a worker, astrologer, musician, and 
And she plays the carp. And we've been talking about uh, so many different energies to tap into. Uh, so... So the, the question, uh, you kind of faded out there for a sec. Yes. So speaking of Uranus and Taurus, we had a little technical, little, oh, uh, no sound. That's okay. That's I hilarious. Can it out. Okay, great. So we have been talking about uh, kind of different calendars we can tap in to the Celtic calendar and uh, just yesterday was Beltane um, and I think we've had some other astrolog- astrological movements that we wanted to talk to a couple of planets going yeah. retrograde yes our friends Pluto and Saturn you know here comes the law they both have gone retrograde in the past week um, Pluto on the 24th of April and uh, just uh, on the 29th, Saturn. And both of them, interestingly enough, are in Capricorn. And these are some of our longer retrogrades. I think most of the listeners are used to our friend Mercury, a friend, some friend, going (laughs) retrograde and wreaking a lot of havoc for a couple of weeks, two, three weeks at a time, um, two or three or three or four times a year. Um, but this is, these are some of our longer ones, and there is some very interesting stuff um, happening around that this year because these aren't just the um, usual retrogrades that are happening with them. Um, what's happening is each of them, we started back um, on April 4th, and I think you and I had talked about that on the Spring Equinox show, Pluto directly opposed the North Node in Cancer. So if you, again, think of that clock, Pluto at 12 o'clock in um, Capricorn, Cancer down at 6 o'clock, beginning of summer solstice, um, the North Node is there. And the North Node, um, of course, is unique to everybody's chart. Everybody has a personal North Node. It's talking about our mission and our purpose and our direction in this life. Now, on the collective, where it's currently moving in the sky, we talk about things that we go through on that collective level for about 18 months while it's in a particular sign, and it is always exactly opposite the south node of the moon. And so the south node's hanging out with Pluto and Capricorn. south node talks about the past and the skill set we've amassed, and it's there with all that energy in Capricorn. And so when Pluto went up against it, I was like, wow, this is really big. And then as I started to delve into it, I was like, wow. So Capricorn is about parenting uh, authority. It can be a lot of things, but parenting, because it's Saturn rolled, is a big one. And, of course, cancer, we always associate with nurturing. Sometimes Capricorn, we associate with fatherhood because of the Saturn connection and the moon, motherhood, the moon is Cancer's ruler. So I was like, wait a minute, we got this parents and children, but we also have Pluto, which can be trauma. But Pluto is always about healing things. So even when it's pulling up really dark stuff, it's really to bring the light, you know, dark to light kind of energy. Um, And Saturn traveling along with it right now, um, these two years of the Saturn transit, two and a half years of Saturn in Capricorn at its home sign, 
interestingly enough, just yesterday on Beltane, Saturn had its first direct opposition to that north node. And so, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, offline, uh, uh, but for the people out there listening, there's two key interpretations. One, it's really about healing a lot of your trauma from childhood, um, and it could have come from a parent, caregiver, or just your environment. Um, because when I saw Pluto just sort of busting it open, you know, we, we pay attention when Pluto has a big alignment because it's like, it's Pluto, it's not messing around. Um, but when it was followed up I, with three of these Saturn ones and then both of them to go retrograde during this whole series of the three Saturn direct oppositions, I was like, wow, we are pulling stuff up from the past that's indicated by both Saturn being retrograde, Pluto being retrograde, and aligned with the south node, the past. So they're like, you got to pull this stuff up. So the, the personal interpretation is that this is about healing old wounds, old trauma. And again, they, they could have come from being bullied at school. They, you might have had a really nurturing home, but had a lot of you know, um, traumatic experiences at school. It just could be some really dark stuff that happened in adolescence, you know. Um, Just watching a good movie that showed some stuff. But on the collective, this is also, I think, where we're going to see more in the news, like about bigger systemic problems with trafficking and, you know, all that kind of dark stuff that we normally don't want to look at, but that is going to be brought to light because these transits last, through September and early October, and what I found so interesting about that series with Saturn is that we have two more, one in July while during the sun and cancer cycle. (laughs) Are you starting to see a theme here? Um, Yeah. And uh, Saturn, Capricorn, I, I mean, sorry, Cancer, Capricorn, Cancer, Capricorn, and then the final one is actually September 28th which, again, we just talked about Libra, um, our fourth cardinal sign. Um, And it's also when we go into the equinox time. And this is also, uh, again, within, I guess, about 10 days or so of Saturn and Pluto both going direct. And that last one, very interestingly, is on a new moon. And if uh, you guys remember, the, the Pluto one on April 4th was immediately followed by the new Aries man. So these bookends are really interesting. And the eclipses this year, if we back up even further, our eclipses this year, other than that last Leo one, um, January 21st, our year is bookended by eclipses in Capricorn, uh, the one that happened January 5th. And then we have a big one coming up on December 26th. So it's like, whoa, (laughs) we are dealing with a lot of these issues and a lot of reform. And then again, that can be in the bigger collective institutions, bank, government, you know, things that Capricorn handles. Um, But in in reputation, people with reputations that are going to get caught up in this nefarious stuff. But also on that personal level to bring it back to what we're all going through, this would be a great time for anybody who's, you know, still triggered by things or things, you know, really looking to offload a lot of patterns that came, you know, or energies that may, they may still be caring from that because 
you know, this is just not something that comes along every day. And I, I think it's going to prove to be one of the more significant alignments of the year, sets of alignments, especially when you put it in the context of when all these are happening. Yeah, it, it seems like we're just getting more empowered to look at all that stuff. Um, sometimes I, I, I do want to give out a website. Um, Elizabeth and myself have found uh, the same guy travels that, um, that was wild <laughs> and I worked with, yeah and I've and we didn't we've never talked about it until just a couple weeks ago um, and so I had a, a series of traumatic events uh, and I uh, needed a trauma therapist and didn't know anything about it and it was showing up in my when I was reading folks they were all having these wild traumatic happening and I'm like wait a minute is this me is this a, does this have anything to do with me and and Sure enough, it, it did. So uh, anyway, um, there's a website called HealingDimensions.com, and uh, there's a, a therapist named Brent Baum, B-A-U-M, uh, and he has a, a, ther- a type of therapy called holographic uh, memory resolution, and um, he has uh, classes that you can take. You can have one-on-one sessions, but he's written a, a a series of books I thought were really, really helpful. Uh, one of them is called, it looks at trauma in a slightly different way uh, than you may have heard of, where you're actually working on the energy before, and he doesn't call it energy, <laughs> but it kind of works, uh, the spe- he works the spectrum from, you know, uh, let's say a type of a therapist, type of um, uh, educated person to all the way to uh, sort of energy work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, because sometimes we don't know where the trauma is going to sit, and so over this next year, as things sort of come up, whether it's or, or some other type of traumatic sort of um, environment that kind of comes bubbling up, because that's kind of what trauma does. Walk, you're you're going to the grocery store, you've cleaned out your pantry, you're like, I need these four boxes of pasta, and you're. Standing in line, and all of a sudden, these memories come back, and it can happen. Like that starts to, for you. Um, I could recommend thehealingdimensions.com and Brent Baum. Uh, he does work out of uh, Miraval Resort, and that's how I found him many years ago. And I, I'm not sure how Elizabeth, you actually found him, but we just started talking about it. It was so cool. I that was that was crazy. I was just on a YouTube bender. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, you like this Bruce Lipton video, you'll like, you know, and, and I think he kind of came through the tuning fork lady, Eileen McCusack, and I've worked with one of her trained um, tuning fork persons, you know, because I was like, well, it, 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 it all makes sense, and you're so right that, I mean, all the ancient mystics, you know, they were able to, whether you're, you know, no matter which kind of school of thought, this idea that we are holographic, we are energy beings, and where we've been traumatized, um, literally, like how many cultures, like if we, you know, think they, the seers in that culture saw it as dark spots or damaged um, auric colors. Um, so, and I think that the more, you know, we, we develop the yeah. theories of the electric universe and that, 
we are, or the plasma universe, and and the more advanced our devices that actually see our field, that can now see, you know, um, there was a one, mm-hmm. I, man, it's, they don't even put the um, EEG on the brain. They've got a machine that's above your head reading the field coming off your head, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and and we're clear on the yeah. science of you know through through Heart Math Institute of how, what a big electricity generator the heart is. I mean, this is science now, you know. And and so where those those things have gotten in, they really are. You know, it, it used to sound woo woo to say, oh, it's an energy blockage, but that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, I think it's really cool because the ancient mystics and fears, you know. That, that we're open and can read all this stuff, you know, now it's it's being validated and now people are really searching, um, scientists uh, and, uh, are really searching for that explanation or a lot of them are, you know, those are who kind of lean towards our side are really, you know, because they want to be able to, de- to define these things. Um, and so, yeah, it shows up and then, you know, be- becomes ailments in the body and so on and so on. So, yeah, Clearing things out um, as we recognize them and continuing to heal is is just, I think, part of what we're here doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I just like that it's all kind of a spectrum. Um, for some things, you know, you might need a traditional, uh, what I would call a traditional therapist. Um, other times you want to uh, talk to someone like um, Elizabeth and be like, what is is going on and and it doesn't matter where you start um it can be super uh sciencey it could be more energetic it's that's it it's all traditional fine. therapeutic uh, comes, licensed credentials yeah, yeah exactly what brent bombs done he's a, uh, what i would call a traditional therapist that has sort of uh, expanded on his work to include many different types of therapies and he stumbled upon this sort of trauma therapy where you're going back to the trauma and working the energy from there. I mean, that's how I would describe it. <laughs> he has probably some yeah, a better and, and technical there's healing, description. Yeah, there's a, healing, yeah. there's a healing little component in there that he's developed that is just, you know, pretty amazing. Um, I've had that uh, experience there with a, uh, somebody who does that workout here um, in Santa Monica where I'm living. I was like, whoa, how, I wasn't even expecting to go there, like, or, or for, for that to show up. And, you know, this person never knew me from Adam, you know, and so it, it was pretty cool um, just, you know, what we're, what the, I always, is it the super conscious, the subconscious, what it remembers, you know? And so I, I think that, and again, being connected that, to that, that energy field, but, you know, whatever we want to call it, the universe, God, you know, light, the plasma, you know, all those memories are sort of stored somewhere. And so the ones that have difficulty with them, clearing them out and, bringing in that healing energy through whatever modality. But this one, yeah, I was, I was really impressed with it. I, I have to say, and I, we, doing the, the infomercial for bread here, but we, we were intending to do that today, but it, it is really good stuff. And I think Chris, Christina, like I, you know, we've worked around this a long time and you, you know, you learn to be pretty discerning, right. You know, about practitioners and claims that people make and all that. But yeah, no, I, I, I found his thing really interesting. I thought, well, what I, I've known you like 
10, 12 years now, and for us to, like, both wander yeah. across the same guy, you know, and go like, oh, my God, yeah, I love his work, you know, so that's that's great. And, and the, the people out here in the field who are really doing their work and in integrity and with that dedication to helping others, they all deserve a bow, you know, and a round of applause, you know, they're just really in the trenches helping people, so, you know, bless them. Yeah, it's 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 just remarkable. Um, it just kind of reminds me that um, some of the work that we do, um, sometimes we forget that it can go uh, very uh, many places at once, and it can have far-reaching effect. And when we start talking about planets that are so far away, like Saturn, like where is it in the universe in relation to Earth? Well, it's really far away. And then Pluto's away. <laughs> and then when they make a circle around, you know, the solar system around the sun, it's like, that could take a long time. So um, these effects of kind of going forward or backward or what we call retrograde, um, you get kind of a good dose of, let's say, this energy or this Pluto energy. And then it's making these alignments with this other thing on the other side of the wheel that is like oh here comes your childhood again let's work on that <laughs> so um, <laughs> I mean that's what I it could be great it could be it could be a happy thing too it could be like oh my god I had a great childhood you know I was right it was and amazing I share with that with other children yeah, yeah. like somebody yeah. writes a great yeah. book of like oh this is how I was nurtured in a really positive way and then they use the Saturnian structure get a, a template for a book or whatever, and they write their book, you know, about that or set up a school with that idea or a after-school program, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, but it, it, it is when you're thinking about the seeming randomness of it all, all these planets floating around, but when they continue and they are aligning in certain ways and there's just such a Consistent, clear, clearly definable thread running through. It's like, whoa, Pluto opposing the North Node. Yeah, I take notice because it's Pluto. We don't mess around. But then Saturn following up three times, you know, April, July, and September. Then that being at the same time that they're both retrograde, this second one being while Mercury's retrograde in Cancer, and then you know, the series kind of being bookended by those two new moons in the cardinal signs and then of course the year being bookended by the by these powerful eclipses along that I mean that's where the action is right now. It's just you know, you just look at that chart and see that pile up in in uh Capricorn. Um and by mid you know, midsummer it'll be in Cancer at Capricorn, you'll really be able to see the opposition there. So it's telling us, you know, we got to pull that stuff up and, and resolve it. And that retrogradation is part of that in the south node from the past. And then going, well, how do we want to see it going forward? What do we want to create from this? So, yeah, it's, I mean, when you have that many, you know, alignments and there's just a clarity about it, it's, it's really cool. That's where I just really love astrology because I do think it's, again, going back all those millennia, it's, not so random, you know, this, this little rock, you know, you know, sailing through the cosmos is really not so random. There really is a rhythm and a purpose, you know? Yeah, and as long as these alignments are happening, there's no reason why you couldn't use them and tap into them and, you know, play with them or release energy or create new energy. It's like, Absolutely. Use it. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So after Beltane, then what's coming up? Well, that summer solstice. Sun going into cancer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. it's like a conspiracy. They're conspiring. <laughs> Get us very healed. Heal anything from childhood. Heal old junk. And, you know, and, and in fairness, too, I say to people, you know, get a copy of your chart. Make sure, you know, they're available all over the um internet for free and any of your listeners they can email me um and and i'll send out just let let me you know let me know that you heard about it on this show um happy to run a chart um you know because getting your bearings and all this and knowing where your north node or your uranus is and then how that's aligning with this bigger you know set of uh events it just can be really like having direction (laughs) exactly and I, I think you you have a very nice special with uh, folks that mention Inflow Radio on your site. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, anybody, you guys can come to elizabethoracle.com or just email me, elizabeth at elizabethoracle.com. So it's elizabeth with an S, oracle.com. Elizabeth at elizabethoracle.com. Um, and if you order, um, you can either email me or just order on the site. If you use the code in slow radio, um, I'll give you a 20% discount. So, you know, just that way we could get in touch and look at your chart and see where these things are and um, help you get your bearings. And especially now, and I just had a customer tell me this this morning. When I was on your show in March, I said, you guys, everything's still in Pisces. We're just not going to be clear <laughs> till it gets out. Mercury was in a two-month Pisces thing. I'm like, guys, if you feel like you get up every morning and you just are putting on a different pair of glasses or walking out into an entirely new place, and it's like, that ah, it doesn't look like it did yesterday. But I said it's kaleidoscopic. It was just like, it looks very one way yeah. one day, and then... Next day, it was like, oh, it's not, it's not like that. It's this other thing. And that was Mercury messing with us for a couple of months. Been having fun. It was very groovy. But um, <laughs> now it's out of there. It's in Aries, headed towards grounded Taurus. And now, truly, what I thought, you know, and, and we did the show at the beginning of the year for people who really want a year overlook. They can go in the archives. Yeah. But I said, you know, it will be pretty much as we get on into Taurus before anybody's really going to even know what this year is. It's where it's really headed. It's these these eight months that I think are, are going to be more defined and more consistent. So that it's that Uranus finally settling into Taurus, the Pisces energy in confusion and far out, face out thing kind of passing by. You know, again, we still have Neptune there to draw on, like that spa that we can dip into. But it's not like trying to live in the spa world with on psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, you know, moving towards a much more constructive, um, you know, being in our bodies, present, you know, thing um, that, that we're now starting to, to move into. So, yeah, getting getting a look at all that, it, it's just super helpful. And that's, that's what a client said. She's like, finally, now I'm starting all these big picture questions. I'm starting to get answers on. I was like, that's exactly. And she felt that energy change, too, <laughs> that you were talking about. <laughs> Yeah, the ants in your pants. So, you know, I, I think we're ready to, to do a something, you know? Yeah. It feels like, oh, the you know, the door's flung wide open. We can do something different now. 
Um, so I, I really do like all these things, and I do like sort of tapping into these other um, calendar sort of dates um, and kind of putting them all together. Um, yeah, and it, it's it so people, kinda... I, I, I didn't do that to, like, so much as a plug or whatever, but I did, um, on my site, right on the home page, I did, um, there's a post about today's show, and I did put a link in there to a cool um, architectural digest article that has pictures of all the sacred places. I mean, we're talking Egypt, you know, yeah. Peru, Mexico, um, and, and, of course, the, the British Isle ones. Um, so if people want to look at those, spots or just, you know, tune into them. There's a really nice collection, um, and that's linked there on my homepage. Click on the link oh, about great. surfing the psychic waves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like, because I was like, really just helps, you know, I think to see them and see that they were all over the world, you know, wherever we've come from. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's another show. <laughs> Where did we come from? <laughs> well, we're, we're here now, so we can just do a, a whole lot of celebrating, I think. So thank you so yeah. much for joining uh, with us today on Serving the Psychic Ways. We had a great time. We talked about uh, just about everything. Um, and uh, let me know, you know, what ways you're surfing. You can always uh, find me on Facebook and Twitter under Christina Surfing. And you can find our guest today, Elizabeth Oracle, uh, or guest Elizabeth Pendleton at elizabethsoracle.co. Thanks so much. Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.